Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Today, we talk about the top five running backs in our consensus rankings in PPR leagues. It's Adam, Dan, and Dave today on Fantasy Football Today. And all of these players likely to be first-round picks, or at least very close to it. But there are some big names who are not in the consensus top five. And looking forward to breaking that down. We're also going to have Tara Roberts joining us later as a special guest of the program today. Dan Schneier's back. What's up, Dan? What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be here. It's been a nice few days. We had a fun mailbag. And now let's talk running backs. Yes, and Dave Richard is here. We just spoke to Robert Turbin. What an awesome interview with uh, Dave. I had a great time. I don't know how you felt. I had so much fun talking to Robert. Oh, I had a horrible time. It was totally not insightful. (laughs) Didn't learn a damn thing. Um, No, Robert was great. You know, it's always fun to talk with former players because they give us a perspective that we just don't have. We didn't play football. I know, Adam, you look like you played football, (laughs) but, uh, you know, you didn't. And it's good to pick their brains. Um, I thought it was very interesting what Rob had to say about torn ACLs and how he felt like he needed two years to come back to his normal self. And that kind of meshes with how it's been for most players. Yep. I say most, not all. Adam, you brought up Adrian Peterson. That dude's a freak of nature. Is Brees Hall a freak of nature? Is Javante Williams a freak of nature? Are they going to be able to come back from their injuries and play like everything's cool? No drop in efficiency. After talking to Robert yesterday, I'm starting to worry a little bit about them. Well, let's be clear. You were worried about them before talking to Robert Turpin. I mean, it's not like he opened your eyes to something. We we know the track okay, record maybe. there. And that's, maybe that's true. Yeah, that's a 100% true. And uh, <laughs> uh, he his top five running backs. Way to bury the guest, Adam. No, I'm burying Dave. Yeah, I'm, like, he's, you know, let's not overreact to the comment. It was a very <laughs> insightful comment from Robert, but let's not act like you weren't there before. But, um... He his top five. He we made him give a top five okay. running backs on the spot. It was he he. This is just the way he listed them. This was not the way he ranked them. Bijan okay. Robinson, McCaffrey, Eckler. So that's part of the consensus. For top fantasy, five. he was doing it or, uh-huh. or actual. Okay. Uh, and then he had Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. He did not. He, he had some things to say about Jonathan Taylor. Just listen Ooh. to that show. Listen to that show if you get a I chance. It dropped this morning. All right. So here is the consensus top five combining Dave Heath and Jamie's rankings. Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Bijan, uh, I think Bijan's three, Barkley's four. I put that in reverse. McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Barkley, Taylor. McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Barkley, Taylor. Dave, give me 30 seconds, your thoughts on that. We're going to spend the rest of the show talking about this, basically. But McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Barkley, Taylor. I think McCaffrey and Eckler are basically going to be top two for everybody. And you're going to see them picked very, very early in drafts. 
And I think only the the old school thinkers of, well, this guy's a rookie. He's never done it before. will pass on Bijan at three. I think he's absolutely worth it. Phenomenal talent. There's data to back it up. There's been historical references to him being uh, close to a top five type of fantasy running back. I'm a little bit worried about Barkley. I'm not sure he should be consensus top five. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor. Interesting comments from Robert yesterday about him. And I feel like there's a changing of the guard at the position that we can talk about as we go on. Some of the older running backs are, are kind of getting pushed down a little bit more and more and younger running backs getting pushed up. All right, Dan, your quick take on McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Barkley, Taylor. My quick take on that is I have one player in that mix that is not in my top five, and I will leave that for the to, for later in the show as a little teaser. Uh, it's definitely is not it, Barkley. Is it Saquon? Definitely, I would be it's not Saquon. Of course not it's not. <laughs> oh, man. It could easily be Saquon. I don't know if Daniel Jones ranked that high. It could be. Yeah, it could there, be. There's some cases to be made against Saquon. Yes. Actually, I'll go, ahead and, I'll go ahead and spoil this now. Um, I, I, I have a segment in here called The Case for Number One. I try to make the case for number one. I don't know if I'll get to it, but just in case, I'll ask you guys. The case for number one for about eight running backs. Barkley was the only one that I really did not feel like I could make a case for number one for him. Uh, I don't see him having the same upside, but I will get your take on that. But I do think he's top five. It's just I don't think he's I don't think he has that like two thousand yeah, total yard. He's weirdly evolved into more of a safe player in fantasy than what he was when he broke out as a rookie, which yeah. was like this could be the potential one one. Oh, all right, save save it for later. Save it for later. <laughs> safe is a weird word to think about with the injuries, but when you think about the volume, yeah, safe is a role. weird word to the think role. about with running backs. With running backs, yes, that I agree with. Okay, so. Uh, if you want to get your questions read on the air, the best way to do that is with an Apple Podcast review. Please, whether you want to leave us a question or not, we would appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now is the time. Uh, it's almost July, so we're going to start getting some new listeners beginning next month and into August. And anything you can do to help our show would be great. And what you can do, it's pretty easy. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice five-star review, tell everybody why you like the show. And if you a uh, ask a question as well, we'll try to get those into a mailbag. I'm going to try to save time for that. Uh, later today as well. News and notes. Okay, it's kind of a big day of headlines, uh, Dave. Dalvin Cook has multiple offers, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. One of them apparently from the Dolphins. Uh, why don't we start with that? Uh, Dave, you're, you're, what do you think about Cook to the Dolphins if that happens? It, it would it would ruin the fun of Devon Achain, which we've seen his stock rise based on all the glowing reports from minicamp. And it, it would really kind of throw that backfield into total chaos because they, they, they're they already going to use multiple guys. We already know that. But they already have two older running backs in Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Now they'll have three in Dalvin Cook. I would imagine that Cook will knock off potentially Mostert off the roster just because he's the oldest guy and maybe the most brittle. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't know if the Dolphins really need Dalvin Cook. I don't know if anybody really needs <laughs> Dalvin Cook. That's the problem right now is that Cook, uh, the name is better than the game or probably more recognizable than the game. He just, he wasn't that great last year. He had some breakaway runs, but he also struggled a little bit more than we're used to seeing. So bottom line, don't overrate Dalvin Cook no matter where he goes. Okay. Jonathan Taylor is, you know, he's hopeful that he'll be ready. He, I think maybe he expects to be ready. I'm sorry, Dave. I might be misquoting, but he talked about being is the word. Yeah, putting a little bit of doubt about him being ready for the start of training camp, which is still a long ways before the start of the season. 
But did that strike you as interesting, Dave? Yes, because the the story on Jonathan Taylor last year was that he suffered a high ankle sprain early on. He tried to play through it. He wasn't that great. He missed a lot of time. When he came back, he initially looked good, and then he started to struggle again. Um, the high ankle sprain is an injury. Let's just mention it again. And one that you have to almost downgrade the player on. When he gets it, Saquon once had a high ankle sprain, couldn't come back from it and play like the guy that we knew. The fact that he doesn't feel like he's a lock for training camp and didn't do anything in any of the Colts OTAs makes me a little bit nervous. Now, that, that, that'll go away if the Colts open training camp and he's there and he's sprying, he's doing all the drills, even if they hold him out of a few team drills. I will feel fine with Jonathan Taylor as long as he's there practicing in some form or fashion. If that doesn't happen, that could be the start of what slides him down my rankings in late July and into August. Okay, and who are you guys more concerned about right now, Jonathan Taylor or Josh Jacobs, who reportedly could extend his holdout into week one? Fantasy-wise, I'm much more concerned with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, I guess we know who's not in your top five. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Wisconsin Badger alumni, so it's not like I'm just homering it up. Like like we've heard some suggestions from <laughs> both Dave and Heath throughout previous shows. Uh, and now That's I'm awesome. more interested in finding out who your fifth man is. It's all not all that exciting, but it's okay. not Jonathan Taylor. So I'd like to know who it is. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we've got some friends in the chat today. we got Joey Wright. Who's Joey? Uh, I'd like to get him on a show soon. Joey, be check. I'm going to slide to your DMs. And we got Sia Najad in the CBS oh, family. Sia. Sia, what up, Sia? Sia. Sia. Nobody's a bigger fan of Frazier than Sia Najad. No, nobody the, is. Not even no Kelsey one in the Grammar. world could like that show the way he likes that TV show. <laughs> so I told him that I'm watching every episode. And so far, I think it was he made it a one seed in a 64 sitcom bracket. I told him it's overrated. He overrated it. At best, it's a four, but it's good. And he said it gets good in season four. Like gets great, gets great <laughs> in season four. That's the worst selfish show I've ever heard. I know. I Grind know. through but three can, seasons, and eventually it'll be fun. I, I could sort of. I mean, I think The Simpsons <laughs> falls in a similar boat. I think season three, The Simpsons starts getting great. Season four, it starts getting epic. So I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of season three. I'm looking forward to season four. Back to the news and notes. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic thinks the Jets believe in rookie running back Israel Abinakanda as an immediate contributor. So we'll keep that in mind. They need him. If um, Brees Hall is slow to get going, this is an NFL-ready running back. Could end up being a nice little uh, zero RB target. Yeah. And also, not to mention, not only is the NFL ready, he is fit, a system fit, a perfect yes. system fit, yes. which makes a difference when you're trying to see which running back can get involved early. Brock Purdy remains on track for week one. All of the reports have been good uh, in terms of Purdy being you know, ready for week one, but still a lot to be determined there, I suppose. Nate Atkins of the Indianapolis Star thinks that it's trending toward Anthony Richardson starting week one, but he's not counting out the possibility of Gardner Minshew starting week mm -hmm. one for the Colts. The reports have not been glowing about Anthony Richardson. Apparently, big shocker, the yeah. accuracy issues that he had in college are now following him into non-contact passing drills in Indianapolis. We'll see. We will see. I think it's a... All right. There's a chance much, that offense just doesn't move the ball this year. Well, uh, okay. You're just spoiling all your anti-Jonathan oh. <laughs> Taylor arguments. But Oh, Dave just brought it up. But for Pittman, I mean, I could, I, I honestly could see a 5-10 to 10 spot 
jump or dip in the rankings depending on who his quarterback is. I don't know how you guys feel right. about that, but I, I feel like everyone wants his quarterback to be Gardner Minshew. I mean, I've seen a lot of that. We're just not really expecting it, and if we are expecting it, we're not expecting it for that long. But right. Dave, how much right. higher in the rankings would Pittman be for you if Minshew were, were his quarterback instead? It wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because eventually it would be Anthony Richardson. So even if Pittman gets off to a good start with Gardner Minshew, what a sentence that is, uh, <laughs> then he's just it, it's not going to be great. I've got him 32nd among wide receivers. He's more talented than wide receiver 32, but he wasn't a dominant red zone threat to begin with. And now we're 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 careening toward Anthony Richardson stealing red zone work away from everybody because he'll run it when they get down there. And if it's not him running it, it's Jonathan Taylor running it. And that just, it's not going to leave a lot for Pittman to score touchdowns. And if the accuracy isn't great from Richardson, that's going to hurt Michael Pittman. By the way, it's been Alec Pierce. Who's been, I'm not sure Pittman's healthy right now. I'm not sure if he's practicing. Uh, Pierce has been working with Richardson whether Richardson's with the first team or the second team, they've been together on the field every single snap of minicamp. Um, so I think they're trying to get Pierce at least on the same page with Richardson. Uh, my guess is that Pittman would be there too if he were healthy. Okay, moving on here. Uh, Evan Lazar of Patriots.com thinks that second-year running back Pierre Strong could be the Patriots' complimentary running back. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to hear a lot. You know, I'm not even going to yeah. get into it. We're going to hear about this every freaking day for the day. next month and a half. So let's just see what happens there. Do we have do we have 30 seconds to pivot to a a dynasty trade that I've turned down? Yes. I'm Excuse in me. A- I, I make those decisions. <laughs> here, but yes, yes, I, I knew you wouldn't like me. 30 yes. seconds Jasper around the quarterback help in a dynasty league. There's a team in the league and it's best ball that offered me Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff for two first round picks. Whoa, 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 back, back, What'd back, you say? back, this back is... it up. You got offered Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff for two first round picks in a in a super flex, obviously. Yes. And what are your quarterback situation? Aaron Rodgers is my best quarterback. I do not have a second best quarterback. Are you playing to win now? I think my roster is shaped up where I have to. Like I've got McCaffrey, Kamara, Pollard. My running backs are amazing. Those are amazing. Do you ever see receivers are old? Uh, but good. Come at a tight end. Thirty seconds. I say no. I turned it down. Fired. He's going to take it from. I wouldn't else. do that. I wouldn't give two either. first rounds for no. those guys. No, no, it's a lot. All so right. I think what I'm going to do is draft C.J. Stroud because I'm picking in the middle of round one and he's still there. Yeah, and you'll have something, and then I'll I'll figure out someone who at least playing games. Yeah. All right, thanks for the uh, 30 second detour, Schneier. I appreciate that. <laughs> I make the decisions. I'm the captain. All right, there was an I article make me in charge. An article uh, from espn.com about surprising off-season standouts, minicamp standouts for each team. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to read some of them. I want some quick reaction. Uh Dan Traylon Burks was one of them spotlighted. Traylon Burks. Love me some Traylon Burks this year. He'll be targeting a lot of my teams, playing with had Issues last camp, not in shape. This is a quick, supposed to be a quick take. Just say, now he's in shape. Building rapport, Ryan Tannehill wasn't there all last year, which I love. Showed some good signs already last year. Big fan of his. What round? What round? That's a good question. When will... I would start... Yeah, I'm thinking... No, that's a little too early. Probably seven or eight. Seven. I was about to say six. It's a seven pick for me. Six is a little too early. Romeo Dobbs, Dave. Romeo Dobbs. Listen, I didn't love how he finished last year. 
But if Jordan Love is connecting with him, you've got to give him credit for that. I've moved him up in my rankings, but I'm still the low guy on him. I have him as a round 10 pick. If the hype continues, he's going to move up into at least round nine, if not round eight. Is it going to move Christian Watson down for you? No interest. Sorry, go ahead. Is it going to move Christian Watson down for you? If we don't hear any reports about Christian Watson gelling with Jordan Love, and I already think that this offense is going to be slower paced and a little bit yes. more run heavy than we're used to the Packers being, then yeah, that would move Christian Watson down. Slower pace, more run heavy, and in my opinion, we're going to see a lot of bootleg quick throws to the tight ends. This is all bad things for Romeo Dobbs. I don't see any path to success. I have no interest in Dobbs. Don't like him as a talent. Don't like his quarterback situation. Don't like the target potential. I mean, I guess if he's the only one getting targets in camp and it just keeps happening day after day, maybe we can say the rapport is there, and I'll come across and finally get in there. But if he's going around 10 or earlier, no shot for me. All right, Miami running back Devon A-Chain was on this list of standouts. Oh, we yeah. Already, we already talked about the impact that Dalvin Cook Remember might have. Remember when you said he could only be a returner in the NFL, Adam? I definitely didn't say he could only be. Can you you got to stop. You cannot do this anymore. <laughs> okay. Because the thing okay. is, I don't remember what I said, so I now I have to Okay, okay. I don't it. remember the exact text, but I wanted to talk him up as a breakout rookie because I love this tape, and you're Fine. like, you can't do A-Chain. This guy's going to be a kick returner. You remember when I said this is supposed <laughs> to be a quick segment? And then I gave I gave Dave Romeo Dobbs. Remember that that portion of the show. All right, uh, some rookie wide receivers to keep an eye on: Michael Wilson for the Cardinals and Puka Nakua for the Rams. They're getting talked up. They've had a good off season so far. The 49ers are absolutely raving about Brandon Ayuk. Um, Denver rookie running back Jaleel McLaughlin was somebody that was highlighted in this ESPN Ooh. story. So if Javante Williams is out, remember the name Jaleel McLaughlin and Foster Morrow. For the Saints now, reuniting with Derek Carr, he's had a good camp and might just be a thorn in the side of Juwan Johnson if you had any interest there. We've gone too long without talking about running backs and without talking to Tara Roberts, so we're going to take a break. And when we come back, the rest of the show will be dedicated to the top five running backs in fantasy and more, uh, including some emails and Apple Podcast questions. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome Tara Roberts. It's Tara time. What's up, Tara? Hey, guys. How you doing? Long Tara, time no speak. Always great to hear from you. What happened to Clemson? What, you got, did you move? No, she's got a Clemson on right there. Oh, there, there it is. is. I've transitioned to a different location right now, but we're still Clemson represented. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Always repping Clemson. Well, it, it is great to hear from you. And again, our consensus top five is McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Barkley, and Taylor. If you want to know who's after that, and these are the combination of Dave, Heath, Jamie's rankings, Jacob, six, Pollard, seven, Chubb, eight, Henry, nine, Ramondre, Stevenson, 10. So, uh, Tara, how about you? Do you have your top five handy? I do. It sounds very similar. It is, uh, it's Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Bijan, Saquon, and Jonathan Taylor. Okay, so that's the same as the consensus here. Dave, what was different, if anything, in your rankings compared to consensus? I, I've i got Bijan third, Saquon fourth, and currently have Jonathan Taylor fifth because I can't find a better fifth. I, I'm confused. I think, let me just double check. 
if Bijan's three and Barkley's four. No, okay, so Barkley is three and Bijan is four. I had it right the first time. So that would be the difference in the, for Dave. Uh, Dave has Bijan three, Barkley four. The consensus is, oh, because Heath is pretty low on Bijan comparatively. Uh, the consensus is Barkley three, Bijan four. And, and Dan, your differences? So like Dave, I also have Bijan three and then Barkley four, but I don't have Jonathan Taylor in my top five. I have Josh Jacobs there is in my fifth spot. Okay. So well, I asked this question about the quarterbacks, and I'll start with Tara. Uh, what was the toughest decision you had to make when ranking your top five running backs? And that could be involving those specific five, or it could be leaving someone out or whatever. Toughest decision you had to make? Uh, probably a tie between JT at five. So I'll leave that one for Dan because I'm kind of on board with that one as well. But then also putting Saquon down at four and putting Bijan at three. Um, I've had him, I guess I had him the lowest. I had him all throughout the off season was at uh, five, I think. And um, I felt pretty comfortable with it. It was a little bit aggressive um, back earlier around the draft, but the difficulty with it is then again, we're kind of taking that chance that he, you know, is going to be somebody who is going to have that Saquon Barkley esque rookie season. And we're asking a lot of him, And, you know, do we sit there and take that chance with an early first round pick or do we go with the more stable backs when we got a lot of proven options right there, a lot of high upside options as well, if you're dipping down and looking at some guys like Tony Pollard. So taking that risk with Bijan, knowing that this offense could transition a little bit um, with the investments that they've made at pass catcher and trying to transitioning over to Desmond Ritter as well, that felt the riskiest, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Okay, yeah, I wonder where Heath's going to end up on on uh, Bijan. I know he's open minded to moving him up. He has him eighth. That's going to be pretty low amongst the industry. Uh, Dan, what was your toughest decision when ranking your top five running backs? Yeah, the toughest decision was definitely keeping Jonathan Taylor out of the top five. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, in twenty twenty one, was the number one overall running back. But there's just a bunch of red flags that I don't like in his profile. I think the first one that I don't like is that. The Colts were 30th ranked in scoring last year, and I'm just not positive that they're going to get back to any kind of range that will be good for Jonathan Taylor. Because for Jonathan Taylor, we could look at him last year, and he had so in his 2021 season where he's our RB1 overall, 26 rushing attempts inside the five. Last year, I know he was injured for some of them, but just 11. And that's the killer for me. I just don't see this offense getting back to a level that can lead to him having fantasy success like a top five running back because he needs scoring opportunities. He needs touchdowns because I'm not so sure where the passing game work is going to come from. He's evolved a lot as a player's receiver, but I don't necessarily think Anthony Richardson is going to focus on targeting him in the passing game. I don't think the Shane Steichen offensive system is good for running backs in the passing game. And then there's one more big flag for me that I'm just going to be worried about with a player like Richardson coming into this offense. And that's will Richardson take away some of those rushing attempts in the red zone too? Will they run zone read? And will we see a Josh Allen effect there too? And all of those things for me are big red flags from a fantasy standpoint, all situation based for sure. The talent is still there for Taylor, but all these guys are talented that we're talking about in top five. I need a better situation. I'm going to throw out just some, some numbers here. Look at the top five running backs in PPR from the last, let's say, five seasons. I'm going to tell you the lowest, the worst offense they were on. So, like the lowest scoring offense okay. of top five running backs last five sure. seasons. I don't have the actual offenses. I could look them up, but I would tell you, 22nd in 2018, RB five was 22nd. Uh, in 2019, we had two running backs who were 20th, who were on the 20th or 21st 
including, I think that was the year McCaffrey finished his RB1 on an offense that was 20th. Uh, 2020, we had an offense that was 23rd, that uh, RB4. In 2021, RB3 was on the 21st ranked offense. And then the best case for a running back to be on a terrible offense and finish in the top five. The Barkley 2018? Derrick Henry this past year. He was RB four on on the twenty eighth. Oh. It's the lowest one I've seen. Where was the Barkley twenty eighteen? I feel like that offense couldn't have been high scoring. That Giants offense. So he, he may have 20. been twenty eighteen or nineteen. Twenty eighteen is rookie season because they didn't. They had a bad offense that year. Um, I have maybe twenty uh, second. I think they were twenty okay. second. Even um, assuming what you just said, though, Adam, that would still require a pretty big jump from from the Colts' offense this year, correct? I mean, they were 30th in scoring. I know there's expectation Anthony Richardson will help that offense, but like Dave said, it's early part of OTAs, he can't even keep the pass game on schedule at all. So it's like, I, I, I don't know if that's a guarantee. Yeah, I think actually, I think the Giants were 16th in scoring that year, believe it or wow. not, something like that. Um, all right, so Dave, how about you? What was the toughest decision you had to make? Uh, I had two. I had two tough decisions, so I'm cheating and I'm giving you two. The first one was making McCaffrey number one over Eckler, when Eckler's yeah. been so productive for the Chargers over the last two seasons, over 20 PPR points per game. Just seems like he's a little safer in that regard compared to Christian McCaffrey. But I, I couldn't do it because McCaffrey's upside is is better than 20 PPR points per game. It's like 24, 25 PPR points per game. So I, I didn't do that. Plus, Eckler was number one last year. It's very hard to repeat year over year as as RB1. Uh, and then the other one was what we've talked about. Where does Bijan rank compared to Barkley, compared to Taylor? Where do Jacobs, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, where do those guys rank compared to them? I, the case can be made for a lot of running backs to be top five. The toughest decision that if I had rankings would be leaving Henry out. And he's like eighth in yeah. the consensus rankings. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, let's talk about Derrick Henry. And then I do want to get back to McCaffrey versus Eckler. But Tara, um, two things that I'd be worried about with Henry, I think one of them everyone's worried about, and that's his age. He, yep. He's going to turn 30 yeah. in January like, before the end of the regular season. So it's age 29 season, but he's an old 29. And then people may not be aware but I, I looked at his advanced metrics each of the last four years. And over the last, and, and like the first two years of that span, he was clearly elite. He was elite in almost everything. He has not even been close the last couple of years. So there is, I, I feel safe saying there is decline there unless Skaronsky comes and changes this offensive line dramatically or something as a rookie. I mean, I, I think there is decline there. I wonder how you feel about that. Um, but you don't have Derrick Henry in your top five. And was that difficult for you, Tara? It was because I am very much so pro Derrick Henry. I'll keep drafting him until the wheels fall off because at this point, <laughs> I mean, you just kind of see that he's built a bit different than other guys and you can't really project when that drop off is going to come. But like you said, um, there's a clear decline. We can look at yards per carry, his efficiency and see that, you know, things are getting a little bit more difficult for him. But what keeps me, you know, pushing Derrick Henry up towards the top and why I'm still comfortable with him as a top 10 pick, um, a top 10 at running back pick is that regardless, the volume is still going to be there. We don't have any major adjustments in the offense. We don't see anything, you know, unless they, even if they signed um, DeAndre Hopkins, again, that's not going to signal a massive change in philosophy 
Um, they just have a slightly better receiving core, um, well, significantly better receiving core than they had last year just to be more reliable. But we're not going to see this offense all of a sudden turn into a gunslinging offense. I think the volume will st- still be there. So even if we're getting him in the you know low four yards per carry, the volume will still be there. They're not going to cut that off. This is not going to transition into somebody else, you know, Tajay Spears cutting into his workload. We've still got the goal line rushes. We've still got a little bit of passing upside. We got a little bit of that helping out last season. Um, and maybe if they don't get DeAndre Hopkins, we see that continue as well. So I think all of the measurables are there in terms of statistics to kind of make up for the fact that there is a little bit of a decline happening year over year. The volume will still be there. So he's still a comfortable pick for me. Uh, yeah, it's a great point about the receiving work too, because each of the last two seasons, he's Career been on pace. Last Career yeah. high last year, but I think he was actually catching more passes per game the year before that. He just played eight yep. games. So mm-hmm. you're talking about the last two years, 35, 40 catch kind of guy. I don't, I can't guarantee that, but I think more than you know, 19, which was used to be like great for him. Yeah, uh, Dave. And I think. Oh, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just a quick note on what Tara said that I think was a great point about the philosophy saying the same. Over the past five seasons with the Titans, despite them changing coordinators and having different people in there, with Mike Frable there, they've been top three in neutral run rate over expected in all five seasons. One, uh, Two of the seasons they were first. Or 2021 they were first. Two of the seasons they were second. So this is a team that's going to run the football. We have five years worth of data showing they're going to run it over expected. There's a comment here in the chat that like, I have no idea if this is true or not even close to true. When Derrick Henry, when he retires, he will have ran across the entire planet based on career yards and attempts from high school to the pros. That Who's tracking this? It feels like it could be true. I don't, I don't know. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Though. All right. Dave, you mentioned McCaffrey versus Eckler. Um. All right. Yeah, I mean, you, you briefly got into it. Why don't you expand a little bit there? And, and my guess my question would be, how afraid are you of Elijah Mitchell in this debate? I'm not. Uh, with the 49ers, McCaffrey averaged 21.9 PPR points per game. He was one of the most explosive running backs last year, including with San Francisco. He was their rushing leader despite playing, I think it was 11 games with San Francisco in the regular season. He averaged 14.5 attempts per game. That would have come out to 245 attempts over 17 games. That doesn't account for any of his catches. Of course, his catches would have been great if he had been in San Francisco, and I think they will be. Um, he's also been very consistent, which I, I think is what makes him an easy 101 uh, if you were so inclined. In his last 59 games, this is his past five seasons, he's given you at least 15 PPR points 80% of the time, 47 of 59 games. If you're looking for 20 PPR points, he's done that 66% of the time. Two-thirds of his games, Adam, 39 of 59 games, he's given you at least 20 PPR points. And those percentages I just gave you, they're down from this time last year. So I don't think that means that he's a descending player. I think it just means that he kind of had a little bit of a rocky season, and now that he's in San Francisco, he could really see another great, efficient campaign where he can hit that 25 PPR point per game mark. Basically, you're getting like low-end QB1 production, maybe even middle-end QB1 production, out of Christian McCaffrey. He's irresistible to me as the number one overall pick. Tara, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually think the whole CMC with Elijah Mitchell is kind of blown out of proportion. I looked at the games, those specific games, with um, the two of them combined, and really it's only three because you have to throw out that final game where um, Elijah Mitchell came back because that was you know that was against Arizona. 
CMC wasn't really utilized. The snaps were significantly down just because obviously they blew them out and that game didn't really matter. Um, so if we're really looking at those three games in the middle of the season, you know, shortly after he arrived, um, are we really throwing, you know, drawing such aggressive conclusions against CMC as the RB one overall off of three games? And if you kind of look at them, those might have just been three really weird games because those games were literally the worst games of the entire season. Not just because of him having to split work with Elijah Mitchell, they were the lowest yards per carry for him in the entire season. He averaged less than three yards per carry. Very weird. Um, so I kind of wonder if maybe there was just oddly something else going on um, that just maybe kind of made them pull back a little from, from McCaffrey over that time period. Because when you combine that with the low yards per carry and kind of looking at that and saying, if he had been his usual Christian McCaffrey and wasn't struggling with the yardage, the stats would have been very different. So I think there might've been just something where those three games in particular might've just been independently off. And I don't know if we want to really discount Christian McCaffrey just because of that. And if you look at even those games in that stretch, there were, I believe there were times where he popped up on the injury report. I'm trying to remember what it was that he was dealing with. I thought it was calf, but I'm not positive. I have to, I have to look at that at, at another point, but even assuming that Elijah Mitchell is going to play a role in this offense, which he will, because obviously this is not a workhorse type of style system with Shanahan. Does it really matter? Cause we're focusing so much on Mitchell side of it, but what about this in, you know, intense starts with the 49ers after the trade, he averaged over 20 touches per game, 20.1 touches per game. That's more than almost every run. That's a top five running back type of touch percentage right there, even with Mitchell in for some of those. And the main thing with McCaffrey for me, it's like we can focus on how much, how much, uh, how much of the touches he's going to get, or we could focus on the fact that he's still getting a ton of targets. And we know that historically, at least one target in the passing game for a running back is worth about 2.7 carries in terms of expected points back in PPR leagues, which is extremely important. And even with all of the weapons healthy, McCaffrey was third on the target totem pole, which was really good with 26 and five games when everyone was healthy. And in addition to that, he scored 13 touchdowns in 14 games with San Francisco. So like we should also focus on the fact that he's in one of the best offenses in the NFL, which is extremely important for fantasy. It's a system that doesn't fail. And as Adam said, Brock Purdy might be ready for the for the week one of the season. So that's somebody who can keep the offense on track. We've seen McCaffrey score points with Purdy running the offense. So I think more of the focus needs to be on the other factors here. Well, I right now am on Eckler, number one, McCaffrey, two. Reluctantly, it's not set in stone. But I'll just say, I, okay, it's not that I'm killing McCaffrey here. We're talking about the difference between him being RB1 and RB2, right? So that we're not, I'm not burying him or anything like that. Um, I think I have a six-game sample. You know, Terry, you said three. You're not counting Week 18. I am counting Week 18 plus the two playoff games that they both played together. And I don't necessarily look at, McCaffrey only had five more carries than Elijah Mitchell. And Dave, when you gave all those stats about McCaffrey and what he did with San Francisco and his pace and all that, it's 245 carries and 80 catches and 15 touchdowns or something like that, but total touchdowns. But the, the, the numbers, I mean, the fantasy production, you're talking about like, like almost 10 per game, nine per game or something like that with and without Elijah Mitchell. So, um, the, you know, they got it, they're skewed a little bit. I think the bigger number to me is in the first half of those six games, like the first and second quarter of those six games, McCaffrey had 37 carries and Elijah Mitchell had 17 carries. And that feels like somewhat of a realistic split, about 68% of the carries for McCaffrey. And I think if that happens, that's the lowest, that's the worst split, I think, of any first-round running back. 
um, maybe any first or second round running back. You know, it's it's low. He'll he'll compensate with catches, but is he a hundred and twenty catch guy like he used to be, or is he an eighty catch guy like he was on pace for? Let's not forget Debo Samuel missed some time when Christian McCaffrey was with the 49ers, and he's a factor with three or four carries per game, I would expect. But he also is a short area target, and he's determined to have a bigger role. Um, And let's not forget that somehow Christian McCaffrey is the only 49ers running back that hasn't gotten hurt in the last five years, but he gets hurt all the time, and 49ers running backs get get hurt all the time. And let's not forget Austin Eckler has been a top three running back per game two straight years and has in my opinion, pretty much no comp- no significant competition. So I I am statistically on Eckler over McCaffrey. I just the sit last- there and I say, am I, am I overthinking this? He's Christian McCaffrey. He's a better player on an amazing offense. Maybe I'm just penalizing him too much. You made some great points there, Adam. I don't think you're penalizing him too much, and especially the last point you made. I just think it's so, so funny in the fantasy football community how we view these players and how much of an in- – like, Going into last year's draft, anyone who put McCaffrey as the running back one or the first pick overall, you'd see comments in in the YouTube or wherever, like, how could you draft this guy? He's so injury prone. You're, he's going to be out by week four. And now, like, no one's talking about this anymore. All of a sudden, this is not a factor in play. It was right. the biggest factor for people. <laughs> and now it's nothing. And this guy missed, like you said. I mean, you mentioned the injuries. 23 games combined in 2020 and 2021. In two seasons, he missed 23 of 32 games. But, of course, now it's nothing. And last year was everything. It's just so crazy to me the injury prone thing is just like so overblown and so we we need we don't have good data on it one day we'll be able to figure it out better i think hopefully but right now i feel like it's mostly based on recency bias all right well twitter poll right now who's your number one running back in ppr i just put this up a few minutes ago at 180 votes mccaffrey 69.4 percent eckler 16 percent Bijan about 11 percent other four i said who's your number one running back i can't believe there's other yeah Okay, um, let's uh, let's move on to our next topic here. Which top five running back, Dave, has the most upside? This could be an easy one. So, McCaffrey. Everyone think that. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna take a take a wild card here. I'm gonna go with Bijan Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Might as well make the case for him right now. Is why I think he could be the RB one uh, over some of these guys potentially. So Bijan Robinson's entering the NFL right now is, in my opinion, the best running back prospect that I've ever watched on film, and that includes Saquon Barkley. The reason I think Bijan is a better prospect than Saquon Barkley is because I think Bijan Robinson is a better mental processor than Saquon Barkley was. I think he does a much better job in between the tackles. I think he does a much better job setting up his blocks. I think he does a much better job of creating yards independent of his offensive line but in addition to that he has a really good system that he's coming into this falcons team had the highest rushing grade of all nfl teams according to pro football focus they did it really without a big name offensive line they have one amazing player in chris lindstrom i think he's the best guard in the nfl right now in the run game but outside of him they just did it with scheme and that scheme's coming back in addition to that we're talking about a prospect who had more forced missed tackles than pff has ever charted last year with 102 he had a breakout age. His breakout age was great. He was amazing as a freshman. 6.3 yards per carry throughout his career. 39% forced missed tackle rate. 22 carries of 15 plus yards. And he can work in the passing game. It's not just like he's a guy like some of these guys who make move, uh, who make progress in the NFL as a receiver like Barkley or Jonathan Taylor. 
to me, when I watch them play, I feel like they're just running flare, flare routes or catching screens or no. running very basic routes. With B. With B. John Robinson, it's like a Christian McCaffrey-type receiving running back. He's going to be flexed out. He's going to be used on arrow routes, Texas routes, wheel routes. He's going to be used all, all different ways on the vertical plane, horizontal. And it's going to be a mismatch. And if Arthur Smith uh, you know, can figure this out, which I think he can, it's going to be big stuff. And also... 1,071 yards after contact last year out of 1575. I mean, this is just a dude who doesn't need anything around him. So I just feel like he's coming into a great system here. He's going to, he's the best. I think he's the best talent in the NFL right now at running back, to be completely honest, including McCaffrey, including Barkley, including whoever, based on age, based on lack of tread on his tires, all of those things. So to me, I think there is a case for him to be the RB1 overall because Barkley wasn't too far away in 2018. Was he R- RB1? He wasn't in 2018, right? There I think he was RB2. He was two, right. But Barkley they were was tied. close. They were basically tied in PPR. Okay, in, in, in 2018? Barkley, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. And so I think there's a, we've already seen a case where it's it's come close, and I think Bijan has a chance to do it. All right, Tara, who has the most upside? <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's got to be Bijan. Um, again, I know we've been burned in the past off of, you know, rookie running backs that we've taken in the first round and turning into a nightmare. But, uh, you know, what kind of pushes me over, you know, Bijan, the prospect is just on another level. But what pushes me over the edge is just the landing spot for the Falcons being the little perfect situation for him. Um, you know, with Atlanta, we know, you know, rushing attempts first, you know, rushing yards. We talked about them being, you know, fantastic as a rushing offense, high grades, the touchdowns were there, the yards per attempt were there. There was no flaw in their run game with literally, you know, anyone and everyone that they inserted into the lineup to run. And I know the argument that a lot of people have is kind of the worry that they're going to, and I think I mentioned this earlier, the worry they're going to increase pass volume. We're going to see Kyle Pitts and, uh, and Drake London together again, um, Desmond Ritter with more experience under him. Uh, we did see a little uptick as well in pass volume. But I think kind of what we have to consider with that is that, you know, there's probably going to be an increase in game pace. You know, they ran the seventh least plays in 2022. They're going to increase pass volume, increase the pace of game. And the run game ha- doesn't have to be reduced. So if we're looking at that Atlanta Falcons system, knowing exactly what Arthur Smith wants to do, knowing that this is going to stick and knowing that Bijan is coming in there as this massive investment. This is not going to be a 50-50 split with Tyler Algier, I still, although I still love him as a high-end handcuff. But Bijan fell literally into the perfect situation. Combine that with the talent, the upside is massive. So I'm willing to risk a high pick on him just because the likelihood is a lot higher than a lot of these rookies that we've seen in the past. All right. I was surprised. The two Bijans there and a McCaffrey for who has the most upside and among the top five. Uh, which top five running back has the most downside, Dave? The running back with the most downside based on who we're talking. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you're not going to get an argument from Dan. Why, why you say that, Dave? Well, it's, it's You're asking me or you're asking Dan? You, Dave. We know that the offense is in the first year of a new playbook, first year rookie quarterback. Don't know how that's going to work out. We don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. Taylor's coming off of a terrible year where he wasn't his efficient self. The argument for Jonathan Taylor has always been the dude has 2,000 total yard potential. He's got to run like a world beater again, and he's got to do it with a rookie quarterback in an offense that's probably going to have some mistakes in it and an offensive line that's not as good as it was when he did run for over 2,000 total yards or did have 2,000 total yards two seasons ago. Worried about touchdowns getting eaten up by Anthony Richardson. Worried about the offense playing from behind a little bit more often 
than we'd like. And I, I, I get nervous about Jonathan Taylor being a mega stud. Okay. Uh, Dan, I think you're going to agree. He has the most downside, yep. but he's not in your top five. So of your top five running backs, which includes yeah. Josh Jacobs and the other four, who has the most downside? It would have to be Josh Jacobs for me. I mean, he's fifth in my rankings for a reason. I, there are good things about Josh Jacobs. I like that he's just 25 years old. The rest of these guys are kind of bordering on the fall-off age of 27-ish. I like that he had 23.1 touches per game last year, which is to me, it's all about volume. I like no more Darren Waller. Maybe that helps him in the past game, but I still think back to this, and I'm like, I know Derek Carr's not great, but in my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo is a terrible NFL quarterback. I'm sticking with that take for the rest of my life. I feel like the Brock Purdy era proved it to me more than ever so that literally it's all system-based there in San Francisco. And so I think Jimmy out of that system, yes, he gets McDaniel, which uh, Josh McDaniels, which helps because that system, he's shown some success in, I guess, a four-game stretch, if you want to call it that, with a really good offense around him. But I have real big concerns about the offense with, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So that, to me, scares me a bit with Jacobs, who had 12 touchdowns last year. Could we see that number fall back to 7-8 range, possibly? So he would be my uh, biggest concern. All right, how about you, Tara? Who has the most downside in the top five? It's JT. Um, technically, there is the risk that Saquon could sit a little bit, so that is a massive yeah. downside. Um, so maybe maybe there's the argument there, but then again, that's not statistic-wise. That's purely if he decides he wants to make a statement and wants to you know, sit out a portion of the season or a few games at least. But um, yeah, it, it's JT for sure. And again, I agree with Dave. It's For him to hit RB1 overall again, way too many things have to line up in a situation that is strictly brand new. Um, there's a lot of things that can work out for him. You know, we see, you know, if things maybe can work out with Anthony Richardson, maybe he can, you know, find his accuracy, open things up a little bit, uh, threat to run as well. Maybe that opens things up and the offense moves a little bit better than we expect. And those rushing touchdowns can be there, but if they're not, he is so reliant on those. And if Anthony Richardson steals them, you get a little bit concerned that he's just the riskiest one. When you look at a guy like Saquon, I know, I think Adam, as you talked about, he's the one that we just can't really see as the overall RB1 just because of the situation that he's in. But at least he's a very stable, low risk option if he actually gets out there and plays. We know he's an RB1 just based off, you know, who he is, statistics and track record. With JT, it's a little bit concerning because there's so many things that could go wrong for him. I hope I'm not selling Barkley short by saying he doesn't have number one running back potential. I just, I don't see him having like 300 plus carries. I don't see him having more than maybe 55, 60 catches. He's not going to, he's not going to have a Josh Jacobs like workload or a Derrick Henry like workload. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 no, you're gonna, not. You're not selling him short, turn, Adam. To even yeah. get to even yeah. get to that level, he'd have to get close back to 2018, where he had nine runs of 40 plus yards. He had two right. runs of 40 plus yards last year. Right. Two runs. He's had multiple lower body injuries. He had two runs of 40 plus yards. He averaged 3.37 yards after contact per attempt in 2018, and 2019 was not too far off. Last year it was 2.73, and that was supposed to be back to Saquon Barkley. So he, in my mind, he really isn't the same back. It's not his fault. I don't really think many backs carry that well through multiple lower body injuries, including tears, and then into their 20, late 20s. But I just don't think he's that explosive runner. As as explosive as a runner as he was, I guess, and that's what you need to be fan, you know, to be a fantasy RB one overall. His schedule's a nightmare yeah. too, and that's another thing. You look at Dave's uh, PSOS, like his strength and schedule rankings, thirty two for Barkley. Yep. Yeah. Dead last. Yeah. You, 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 you have to respect the Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah. Commanders. Who's going to run against defenses. those defensive lines? Right. Mm-hmm. It, 
it, it's going to be hard for him. Now, he had some decent games against them last year, but yep, Cowboys. He, he's got the NFC West on top of that. He's got the AFC East on top of that. Those are going to be some tough defenses, mm-hmm. yep. plus the Saints, plus Green Bay. Yep. It, it is an ugly schedule for all Giants. You've got to keep that in mind when you draft any Giant this year. Yep. Uh, I and should, then add I on top of that, you know, people kind of laugh about it and make jokes, but Danny, <laughs> Daniel Jones, again, he's the one on the list where you're looking at it other than Anthony Richardson, yeah. has the most upside um, in terms of rushing production. I don't see where that really decreases for him. So, you know, Saquon does unfortunately have that to compete with as well. Yeah, I was just, I shouldn't have said I can't see him getting 300 carries. He had 295 carries in 16 games last year. Um, so he did have a pretty big workload. I just, I don't really think of him holding, I don't high. know. Right. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I just, how many did Josh Jacobs have last year? I think that number goes down if they resign him, though, to a multi year deal. Well, it's not yeah. a huge knock against him. It's just, I don't think he's going to be basically like Derrick Henry. The case for him is volume, volume, volume. He's going to yes. get every goal line touchdown, basically. It's not going to be quite the same. Yeah. Josh Jacobs had 340 carries. Derrick Henry had 349 in one fewer game. He's not going to be there, Saquon Barkley, but he could certainly be top five in carries. All right, let's take a break and come back with your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And welcome back, everybody. We're finishing up here. Uh, we discussed our running back, so let's get to your questions. Email address, again, is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And Danny from Frisco, Texas says, Does anyone on the podcast feel that the Tua concussion talk is a little familiar? I remember a few years ago when everyone was so sure that Brandon Cooks was one concussion away from ending his career, and it was inevitable and ended up being underrated. Now no one brings it up anymore. Is everyone too focused on concussions with Tua? Love to hear your thoughts. Tara, you're not on the podcast, but you can tell us if we were making too big of a deal of it. Um, I think we've tried to put it in perspective, honestly. But uh, your thoughts on Tua and the concussions? I mean, I think the concern was natural, really, just for him as the player. Um, but yeah, putting too much on it in terms of downgrading, like it, people making that a concern for Tyreek Hill and pushing him down a little bit and saying that, you know, if he doesn't have that same upside because of the possibility of the concussion issue with Tua, then yeah, I think we're putting a little bit too much on it from a fantasy perspective, not from the, not from the concern for Tua perspective. Dolphins have said that the doctors told them that he is at no more risk than any other player to have a concussion. Uh, I mean, I guess you could argue that he plays quarterback and that makes him more risky, but I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. But I don't know, yeah. The, medically, according to the Dolphins, he is not a concussion risk any more so than any other player. This is from David in Chattanooga. Uh, Dan, you better get this greeting. You better get this <laughs> greeting. Yeah. Dear Harry, Lloyd, Seabass, and Billy from 4C. Uh, Seabass. I know the Seabass one. Harry Lloyd, Billy, Billy from Four C. Seabass. Seabass. It's like that, right? Yeah, That's yeah. What, it is. what is that? <laughs> what is that though? Why do I know that if I don't know the movie? Uh, because uh, Seabass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. That's all that comes to mind here. Uh, Dave, you Are know you this. Serious? Yeah, this is, this is embarrassing. Tara, well, before, it doesn't seem like Tara knows Before either, I make fun be of Dad, Tara, 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 not seem like Tara knows either. Okay? <laughs> but you know what? Tara doesn't criticize. And maybe you're just showing your age here, Adam. No, Tara doesn't criticize my pop culture takes all the time. You do. <laughs> so you not knowing <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Like, how do you not know Harry and Lloyd? It's yeah, Dumb and no, Dumber. I've, never, on, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. Oh, <laughs> Me either. <laughs> wow, the two of you. Um, all right, which of these three wide receivers which are all presumably the second best wide receivers on their team is capable of making the leap to best wide receiver on their teams. If any of them, 
And how do you have them ranked currently? And the three that David from Chattanooga gives are, David, you should have said you were from Aspen. Uh, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Higgins, Devontae, Jalen Waddell. Dave, how do you have them ranked? And do any of them have the chance to be the number one guy on their team? I think it'll take an injury for any of them to be the number one guy on their team, but those teams throw so well and or are so efficient doing so that you don't mind taking a number two from those squads. I've got Waddle ranked the highest, followed by Devontae, followed by T. Higgins, and love them all in that low-end, number one, high-end, number two wide receiver range. Uh, Anyone... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> comment from the chat dan acts like he is did 10 you pull years this younger. up or did tom nope, pull that's Schaefer all the way okay uh, okay. that's good that's good Schaefer's playing the role of azer uh cherry picking the comments that make azer look good and make me look bad i understand i understand tara how do you rank higgins Devonte smith jalen waddle oh for me it is waddle higgins Devonta smith but oddly enough the one that i do think realistically has the better chance to be the wide receiver one on his team is Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love all of them. Um, there's just no reality in which Higgins, you know, overcomes Chase. Just not going to happen. And we're talking Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. But realistically, while you know AJ Brown is obviously clearly higher for me, um, when you look at their statistics and the way that they were utilized in the back half of that season, once yes. things really started to gel, yeah, Devonta Smith is the one that realistically could teeter over the edge. Devontae Smith is my pick as well, and I think it's the clear-cut pick here, and I'm with Tara. You look at those back-end numbers when that offense started to click, and not just that. You look at these guys as prospects, right? Like, Devontae Smith was one of the most elite prospects we've ever, I think I've ever covered and studied, and he's showing it at the NFL level. He's high-pointing catches, which people said he wasn't going to be able to do, and making plays away from his frame. He's doing basically everything you want. He wins at all three levels in addition to being that speedster guy. So I actually... It's close for me, but I kind of like Devontae Smith closer to A.J. Brown than I think anyone in the industry. I have, him, I have them ranked closer than anyone I've seen. I I don't have Smith ranked the highest. I mean, I think there's two questions here. Smith. Well, yeah, right. I have Waddle ranked higher yeah, yeah, because yeah, this yeah, system yeah. they play in. Right, but, right. Smith, yeah, yeah, Smith seems like the likeliest because I, I believe it started as soon as Dallas Goddard got hurt. It seemed like they started throwing yeah. to Devontae Smith for, more and then they never stopped. But I believe... From the moment Goddard got hurt, which was like week nine, till through the end of the season, including the playoffs, I think Devontae Smith had more targets than A.J. Brown, but very, very close. It was really an even split. Um, All right, last question here is from Zachary. Dave, Zachary is from the land of sky blue waters. Um. I believe that would be Coral Gables, Florida. Okay. <laughs> what? Southern suns and sky blue waters smile upon you, alma mater. You want to hear the rest of the University of Miami alma mater song? Oh, that's why Definitely you guys, not. Where you guys were going. <laughs> Mistress no of this fruitful land. So much I worse went than all in last year, but late injuries derailed my playoffs run. <laughs> now I have a talented team with suspension, age, and injury concerns, so I'm thinking of doing a rebuild, but I don't have first rounders in 2023 or 2024. What do you think of this trade offer I received? If I do this trade, I will plan on making more trades. Uh, it's a super flex PPR 12-team league. I give up Lamar Jackson and Joe Mixon. Remember, he, he wants, thinking about a refill, a, a rebuild here. 
um, and doesn't have any first or second round picks in 2023 or 2024. He gives up Lamar Jackson and Joe Mixon. He gets Tua, Kenny Pickett, A.J. Dillon, and a first round pick in 2023, 1.7. God, I hate this trade. <laughs> That's Me not too. good. Me too. God, I hate this trade. <laughs> I'm sorry, my man. I, if you want to rebuild... Don't do it without Lamar, first of all. We just yes. signed a contract. That's don't yeah. do it without him. Trade your mix-ins. Trade your guys like that, but don't do it without Lamar. And 107, come on. Okay. Tara, thank you for hopping on. <laughs> Always. Yeah. <laughs> that is it for FFT. Yeah, isn't it obvious <laughs> that they went to the worst school of, of us three? I mean, like, come on. Yeah, I would have loved the alma mater sounds like my high school, right? Exactly. It's the worst alma mater I've ever heard. You had had a pool, you had a pool on your let's hear you sing your alma mater, Dan Schneier. Let's go. Do you even know it? I feel like I'm in Wisconsin. (laughs) Am I supposed to jump around? Stop, stop, stop. You guys don't want to hear me sing. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Don't pressure her, Dan. You're easily going to be the best of these. Four that just the these three that just <laughs> yeah it's very true uh wait no but you had a, you had a swimming pool in the middle of your campus right oh, like for the, from this you would sit at uh, oh, wow. Sparrows and look out at the swimming pool and then go swimming like in the middle of the day that was your campus right Dave or Dan Almost it was oh, my campus. Your campus no but when we went to hang out at night and have parties we didn't have to go to live in like the club no we didn't We'd either okay we didn't either yeah yeah, yeah. okay I, I know what <laughs> I was I was booking those clubs back in the day. <laughs> All right, everybody. Great show. Thank you very much. Tomorrow we'll talk about our top five wide receivers. Jake Seeley will be joining the program. We'll talk to you then on Fantasy Football Today.